Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast for the match the match review from last night, Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 2. As you can see, I'm joined by Andrew again and Liam, who is there as well. How you doing, guys? All right, mate. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Liam? Right? Yeah, I've had that day to get over what I saw last night. <laughs> yeah. Still, still not recovered, though, are we? I'm honest. watching uh, some decent football at the moment, Man City v Bruges. And they've just taken just taken a two 0 lead, Man City. Just with some blister, blistering pacey attacking football, it's lovely to watch. Mm. Forgot what it's uh, like. Well, <laughs> I think that sums up. Is it? Yeah. So uh, thanks a lot, boys, and see you see you next time. <laughs> but yeah, um, as I was saying, Liam, you obviously you were at the field as you were there last night. What? Gone quiet, you muted yourself then, Ryan. Bloody Mike. So, what was the atmosphere of Vieira up towards the as he's coming out and all that? We only, got, we only got a glimpse of what the sound was like because the commentators kept talking. And when after going one nil up, did you think what was going to happen and happened? The Vieira bit was probably the best bit of the atmosphere of the night. Um, oh, he's gone. I'll carry on talking now. Eh? Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll enjoy yeah, what you say. It was probably the best part of the night, the Fiera part, because the atmosphere again was not there. And I, I raised my concerns about this like, were we going to turn up like we did against Tottenham? And we don't. And it was somber mm. again last night. Um, we took the lead and we took the lead quite well in the first eight minutes. But after about 20 minutes, we seemed to just change our game plan and just sit back. Um, it was awful. It was awful. The midfield performance again. I I, I picked out party like against Brighton. Yet again, he's off the pace. He's not fit. He's so yeah. unfit at the moment. He's nowhere near Premier League level being fit. Um, and the centre midfield, just, we got bypassed every single time. Um, like they got two aging centre midfielders. Don't get me wrong. McArthur should have gone with that tackle. Absolutely, hundred yeah. um, percent. And that's another another story. But we shouldn't be getting outplayed by Crystal Palace. We shouldn't be getting like outnumbered, out outdone on possession by Crystal Palace at home. What have we become? Honestly, I don't know what we've become anymore. I've got, I've got there's no substance to our style. There's no substance to our play. There's no consistency. I don't at the moment. I can't see us beating Aston Villa now. And mm. if you look for life for life results this year to so last year, we'll probably end up roughly around the same points or even less. Like we got points against Chelsea last year. Palace, we drew against them at home last year. We drew against them home this year. Do you know what I mean? You look at you look at the games that we won. We beat Norwich one 0 They're the worst team in the league. We couldn't score goals. Um, Tottenham, we turn up for. It seems to be the only game of the season that the, the the players and the fans turn up for. And then it's just we just go back to the same situation. I looked at the results after we beat Tottenham last in, in March. We went on a we went on a crap run then after we beat them in March. We didn't win a game about three, four or five games in the Premier League. And it's same things happening again. And the mistakes are not being identified. They're not being changed. Um, I don't know what we're, in, we're trying to implement anymore. And it's the first time, I'll be honest with you guys, that yesterday I sat in the stadium with three minutes to go and I was thinking, I ain't coming here Friday. I've had enough now. I can't. It's hard. It's really hard. Like, it took me, I got, got home at one o'clock in the morning. And it, it just... It's all four storms, isn't it? We beat Tottenham. We think, oh, yeah, we've done it again. We're going to go and beat Brighton. We're going to go and beat Palace. We don't beat them again. We didn't beat Palace last year. 
We've struggled against Brighton for quite a few years now. But maybe beat them all once or twice. We got Aston Villa next. When was the last time we mm. beat them? Oh bloody hell! The last Let's three times, the last three times we played Villa, we've lost every single one. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't want to be well, so negative, but that's how we I need. Like, right? No, you got to be honest. You got. We need to draw against Villa to keep up the nice, pretty pattern. Yeah. Then we'll have three defeats, three wins, and three draws on the trot if we uh, mm. draw. <laughs> but uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tweet by uh, Shard Guna at Shard Guna. Arteta is remarkably consistent across 66 Premier League games. The first 20 Premier League games, you've got 33 points, 32 goals. 21 goals against. The next 20 games, 30 points, 26 goals, 20 against. The final 20, got 31 points, 29 goals, 23 against. And the last six are currently 11 points, 7 goals, 8 against. So you can see the way things are going. That it, And he's, put, he's finished off the, the tweet saying this is his level. And once he drags the team down to match it, it may drop further. Hmm. And 66 league games, guys, and we've got no obvious sign of a specific type of play. Our players seem to be regressing. Hmm. And you can see what Patrick Vieira has done with the massive upheaval of Crystal Palace after eight games. They didn't play us off the park. They weren't fantastic. But what they have done is completely changed their style of play. They've got a specific style of play. Hmm. And you can see that style of play. And he's been there eight games. Now, you can see what we're at, we're at after 66 games under Arteta. And no one can still tell you what his specific style of play is. And that sort of sums it all up, really, doesn't it? What would have happened just now if the Eze and Saha had been fit? Hmm. They were missing. The two, they were missing the two best players. The two mm. best players they were totally missing, and they still were seconds away from beating us at the Emirates. Yeah, I know. It beggars belief, like you said. Patrick Vieira's changed their style in eight games. Like, I'm quite close to a lot of Palace fans, um, and they're absolutely amazed what he's done in the first eight games over there. And I've watched them on TV. They mm. battered Leicester. They competed against us, didn't they? I didn't think they'd win the midfield battle against us. Like, I know. I, I didn't think that Brighton would win the midfield battle against us, but they did. You know, I just can't understand what's going on. We've got some really good quality players, in my opinion, and they know what it's just got in, getting no tune out of any of them. And it's only like Smith Rowe, who's always at 100%, like um, buzzing around the pitch, desperately trying to make things yeah. happen. Um, but that's not been taught to him, that's not been coached into him. That's just the way he is. And thank God that the, that is the way he is, because otherwise, we'd have nothing up front. With the amount of money that that, that front line has cost us, apart from our two academy kids who are clearly our, our best players, that what's, what are we actually getting out of these players? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we've Thomas Partey arrived uh, at our club as one of the best midfielders in Europe. What, what yeah. the hell has happened to him since he's arrived? He's not the same player. He is absolutely gone as a player at the moment. Uh, he would never, he would never perform like that under the, the Simone. Simone wouldn't allow him to perform no, like that. Of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. <laughs> and what, what's going? What the hell is going on with our club and our players? They're just going down the toilet. I, I said just, it. 
I've said it before, and you'll, you'll agree with me. There's no experience from top to bottom. Josh Cronker, Finney, Edu, Arteta, no experience exactly. whatsoever. Exactly. No and experience. And on, on, on that, I was saying today because people obviously um, having Brenton out as well on group chats and this, that, and on Twitter, the general on like. It's, there's more. I think it was it Craig put uh, Craig the formerly of the uh, same old Arsenal podcast. He put out a tweet, and I was basically, Unai Emery didn't get. <laughs> the Unai Emery got more grief from the fan base and the media than what Arteta is. There's got to be there's got to be more to it. What's got why is it, why is the club allowing this to happen? And I'm like, I look, I've, you look into it. Look at the clubs that or the franchises, so we say, that the Cronkies own over in the states. All the coaches they've hired recently are all the same ilk, in, inexperienced rookies, cheap and cheerful. Was Arteta when he came to us? Rookie, inexperienced, cheap and cheerful. Out of the options that was available. And because it's worked with, it, it's kind of worked with the LA Rams, with, um, I can't remember his name, but basically when he got him to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, because it's worked that way. It's, I think it's more arrogant that they think, oh, well, it's worked up, it's worked right at home, Dad. It's gonna work here. It's gonna work here. We we've, we've cracked it. We've cracked it. Even though it's not working, it's clearly not working. And I'm getting to a point where I'm I'm sick to death as a football fan of a club I support, having to write a season off this this early on as the season. I feel like I've got to volley it off again because I'm seeing no improvement. Do, okay, do you know there's what? No style of play. There's no nothing. Yeah, it's been a job five minutes. You want to see this, this? This he's got a philosophy. He's got a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, whatever. He works within his means. He's on a he's on a string, string budget compared to Arteta this summer. Of course, we enjoyed two two at home. We played like the away team after we went one nil up. And do you know what the worrying thing is? I think that the way in the similar vein to what Man United are, are suffering at the moment under Ole. Hmm. He wins just he wins just enough critical games to stave off the sack, hmm. and I'm worrying that <laughs> Arteta is going to well, do the same. He's never going to be in such a disastrous run. I mean, it was very obviously clearly bad enough for the fans last season in the run up to Christmas, but <clears throat> obviously the board didn't see it that way. But you can see it going a similar way with Ar- with Arteta that he's he'll probably go and get a, a win or. a battling draw against Villa or something and it'll just keep the wolf from the doors and nothing nothing will get done and I, I'm just worried about that because I'm sick to death of trying to make excuses for him now I mean I've, I've yeah. always I've always liked Arteta and I've never hidden that but I've always had my my worries about Arteta and I have never hidden them either but then something happens that makes you think, oh, wow, you know, you get a game like Spurs or something and, and that really excites you and you think, right, God, thank God we're back on track again. And it takes away a few of your worries that you've always been having in the back of your mind. But then they all come flooding back again the, the week or two down the road and I pretty much had enough of it, really, to be honest with you. I mean, I know we didn't lose yesterday and everyone's acting up, got thrashed, but it was, but it, it's nothing to do with that in the end. It's, it's the... A completely gutless performance, mm. nothing about it, and good players. You can see good players like visibly getting worse in front of your eyes week mm. after week, and I've I've literally had enough of all that now, and I've I've run out of excuses for him. And mm. 
it's just not up to the job. It's just literally not up to the job, and uh, we need to do something and soon. Because I'm with you, Liam. I can't. I, I cannot see us getting anything out of the game on Friday. I can't. So I picked up on the other day when obviously the trade. If anyone doesn't know, have you seen the trailer for the Wenger documentary that's coming out in next month on film and all that? Mm. And Vieira, there's a piece where Vieira pops up and he says, "When a, when a manager defends you to the hill and has your back." You want to run. You want to run through brick walls for him. I, there's, there's times under his tenure that last need two years, where well, has publicly thrown players under the bus, and maybe then players have. But basically, they're, they're beyond wanting to play for him. Certain players, not all players, but certain players that be yes, like the Pepe's and all that, and they're still here, obviously. Mm. And maybe it's now keeping I mean, the other players, the performance-wise, and he's just like, well, how, long, but how much longer does he? Do we have to witness this? He's playing for the funny thing is, fans. Yeah. playing fans, and we're getting treated like mugs. Like yesterday, reminded me of Southampton two years ago. We got yeah. battered apart, and like I said, got a ninety-seventh minute equaliser. Right, we're going down the same cycle. We're going down the same. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it in the performance. And I know Russ is saying Pepe is probably one of our best players, and he probably potentially is. The problem is, though, the midfield's so deep that mm, it's so all the time we're sitting back. We're not getting Pepe in the positions that we should be getting Pepe. We want Pepe yeah. 30 yards from goal, 25, 30 yards from goal on the ball, so he can do what he can do. But we're not getting in it. We didn't, we're not even getting him into that position. And the other problem we had yesterday, and fair play to Palace, they swamped him. They swamped him. Um, mm. And uh, he does need to, for me, he does need to toughen up a little bit, Pepe, but mm. they absolutely swamped him. And there was no support. There was no, like, look at Mark. We got lucky in the last seconds. Like, I don't even know. Like, literally 30 seconds before, the fans were going mental because it was Martinelli on his own in the byline. No player come towards him. They just stood, sat there and stood there. And mm. he got, he got, to be fair, it was because of him we scored because he got mm. that throw in or, or whatever it was. And then we can't, can't, and then we got corner and scored from it. But mm. they just, there's no connection in the team. There was no connection. In, it was like he put 11 players out who never played with each other before last night. Mm. And, I don't know if he's trying to change tactics during the game, but we're not Manchester City. Like, we haven't got the players that Manchester City haven't got. We haven't got the midfielders that Manchester City have got. Our players are not intelligent enough to change tactics during the game and all that. It doesn't work. We were 4-4-2 out of possession last night. I could have paused the TV at any point. And when we were out of of possession, we were in a perfect 4-4-2 formation, Mm. which um, was a bit weird, to be honest with you. I mean, it's... I don't understand what he was trying to get out of that, but he, he wasn't getting anything out of it, was he? I mean, because... You go 4-4-2, you're going to go that. You, you want Lacazette in the team, don't you? Well, of course you yeah. do. Yeah, I've said that a few times. Like, the geezer's got to start Friday for me. If he doesn't start Friday, there's a big problem. Mm. Like, I know what he'll do. If he does start on Friday, he'll push Aubameyang out wide, um, probably. But, like, to be fair, when Lacazette come on, we started to play football a bit. We started to get the ball into the box. And like, to be fair, Uber looked more happier when he came on because he, he was not on his own. Yeah. And he like they'd done a few bits, didn't they, where he made that that great greater made that save from Lacassette. And there was there was little bits that you thought, right, we need to get him, we need to get these players in the positions to be able to be at their best. We Pepe, Lacassette, Abamian, they need to be in the best positions. And I don't think Arteta has ever sussed that out. Ever, ever sussed it out. And the centre midfield for us at the moment, like as I said, like Partey, he's totally off the park radar. I'm glad he got substituted, you know. And, and it was weird because like we, we end up with Laconga and Smith Rowe kind of like in a centre midfield role, centre midfield role. 
but it got to the point where part I don't know what it is. is he not fit. Like I know he got injured, but is there something? Is there something else behind he's, it all? Because I think he's he's been left um, been given too much to do. Uh, I I personally think that because I mean you partner him with um, Erdegaard. Erdegaard ain't a deep line midfielder. No, nah. in in a midfield double pivot, he ain't just he's just mm. not that player, and he ain't going to do the work. That's where we did miss. You know, we're, we're, don't care what anyone says, we missed. Uh, Xhaka having next to him because absolutely that's the worst part of it all, you know, because yeah. we knew that Xhaka and Partey was our best midfield combination if he wants to play that midfield pivot of two. But then as soon as he gets that opportunity to do that again this season, <laughs> he gets injured for three months. It's like, that's a bit of bad luck. But when you do, when that sort of thing happens to you, that's when you earn your money as a coach. You need to find out, find an alternative way of playing without Xhaka. And he's not done that. In he, my opinion, he, he's not in my done opinion, it. he needs an outline defensive midfielder, like someone like a Francis Cockland kind of sort kind of player. Like the Palace just run through us last night. Like there's no one there, is there? To like you said, we need to get Partey in a position where he's got someone with him who's going to do the dirty work, and then yeah. let him be that kind of box to box kind of player. But like yeah. you said, he ain't got no one. Like Conga's probably the same kind of player. If I'm being totally honest, yeah, they're not. He's not a defensive midfielder. Neither of them are. No. And uh, if you if you haven't got that type of player, and I've said this hundred times, and I right, if you, mm. if you haven't got that type of player, you don't play that way. You have to play to your players' strengths. The players that you've got play to their strengths. Mm. And if you haven't got the right type of defensive midfielder, and you can't play a defensive midfield, you can't try and make do. You just have to put. I mean, you'd have to go out and try and win games four or three, if that's the case, and play to your players' strengths and just try and score more goals than them. If you've only got an attacking midfield, you have to play an attacking midfield. Mm. You can't turn players into what they're not. Unless you're that's an absolutely good. incredible coach. But, <laughs> you know, as, as I've said a couple of times already, our players seem to be getting worse than, than better, and which is a massive shock because I thought, <laughs> if anything, he was going to be a good coach on the... You know, on the training pitch, but it's not showing me that he has been in the slightest. Yeah, and he's got no yeah. excuses either. No, no European football this season, so he's got no excuses no. for not having enough time on training pitch. He's got exactly, yeah. Exactly. Someone, so, someone pointed out to me last night, and I didn't think about it. Tierney, he's lo- you can tell he's losing his passion. Like, he's, like, he's losing it already. Like to be fair, he has been not at, not not at his top form. That's a nice way of putting it. Mm. At the start of the season, like. Last season, he'd be setting up goals, he'd be getting in the box. The crossing's not been very good for him this season so far. And I'm wondering if he's starting to lose his kind of passion with it as well. And he had a lot of it, didn't he? And Will. Mm. And is that going to be the same thing that ended up happening to Smith Rowe? Like, Smith Rowe in the first half, like you said, he was everywhere. Do you know what I mean? He was, he, like, I've ne- that, as, as a number 10, I've never seen a number 10 work as hard as he did in that first half. He was everywhere. Yeah, exactly. He'll lose that soon. He'll lose that because he'll, yeah. he'll get tired of it. People stop making the runs if they don't get the ball. Uh, yeah. That's what happens at, at any level of football. I don't know the you obviously both maybe have played Sunday league football. Even it, it even happens at that level. After mm. a while, if your pl- teammates aren't doing what you and you're working your nuts off, and your teammates aren't doing the same, your form will just drop and drop. You, you don't become you know just lose it. You just don't become the same player. Yeah. And that could I mean he had that he had that moment yesterday where he hit the crossbar didn't he he's probably still ro- yeah. wobbling now you know from that yeah. shot but um he does try and make things happen but his performances this season like you said have been nowhere near their best it doesn't mm. it's just been nowhere near and whether that's down to formation whether it's down to i don't i don't know but 
he has lost it, and we can't we can't lose these players, can we? We can't lose their quality. No, We're not. It, we haven't got. Reflect. Yeah. It could, sorry, could it be down to the fact that with the way the results have been since I took take it over the last twenty two months now, twenty four in December, wait, two years. Maybe the players, certain players like Tierney, who have that winning mentality of seeing things aren't improving and thinking, fuck it, I can't be asked with this guy. I'll wait for the next guy to come in. Or hoping, anyway. The bad I thing mean, to do, I mean, the bad thing that players do do that. I, I was just reflecting last night as well. Like, I think he started quite well, well Tommy, actually, and I quite like him. But mm. you could tell last night as well, like he's quite restricted in his play going forward as well, isn't he? And mm. maybe that was an issue with Pepe last night as well. Like He had, he had no one out, out there with him. Like They were swamping him, literally swamping him. And he was expected to be three, four pass. And I'm not kind of defending Pepe because I like he frustrates me the hell out of me at times. But then he get, does come up with a couple of like decent moments. And you sit there and you think, why can't you do that consistently, mate? But is that because of him or is that because of the I, manager? I, I, I will. I'm quite happy to defend him yesterday. Yeah. Because he owned ourselves. What we were doing to watch along, weren't we, Ryan? Mm. We weren't even playing in our in their half. I mean, no, he was just, a, he was stuck out getting yeah. chalk on his boots and he wasn't getting into the game at all. And on the other odd occasion where we did, you know, uh, got the ball to him in a good area. He obviously cut in, took the shot, and we scored off it. And um, but we weren't supporting him. He was getting no players anywhere near him, and we weren't playing in their half for most of the match until maybe the last what I don't know what was it 20, 15, 20 minutes when Lacazette came on, especially, yeah, and then Martinelli came on. We were pushing forward then, but it took until that time when we were actually playing and trying to score a goal. It seemed, but we weren't we weren't supporting Pepe. We weren't even getting anywhere near him or playing anywhere uh, where he could get the best out of himself at all. And I know that he he's been getting bashed and bashed and bashed all over Twitter for some reason. Everyone's blaming him for last night. God knows why, because we wouldn't have scored the first goal without him for a start. Mm. But we he is just not being utilised. He's one of the key players that's not being utilised properly by Arteta which is what we were talking about earlier, about not playing plays to their strengths. And he you, is the absolute key to that. Do you, do you think, like, say we had a Conte at Arsenal, do you think you'd get the best out of someone like Pepe? Uh, well, without doubt. Mm. Without doubt, yeah. I mean... Someone he, like Hilk, yeah. Yeah, not, anyway. not specifically Conte, but someone yeah. That, that's... Yeah, someone that's got more experience, who knows what they're doing better. I mean, look what um, happened to Chelsea last season when Tuchel took over from Lampard, with the same set of players. He changed it overnight like that. Mm. He, he immediately worked out the players' strengths and played to their strengths. And they're, they're, they're they're, obviously their results changed overnight, literally. And well, I think they, he lost, what, two games out of 20 or something towards the end of the season? I can't mm. remember the exact figures, but something like that. And uh, he turned it around. So if you get someone in who knows what they're doing, then yeah, of course. But I, I mean, Pepe to me shouldn't be anywhere. You know, he's not a winger. He's, he's an in, like an inside forward. He needs to be inside in the box. Forward. Yep. He needs to be in the box. And I tell you what, he'd be a good op- option if we did play a four-four-two, proper four-four-two. Play alongside someone like a Lacazette, or you know, a, a, if they sort of played within the the box as a proper old-fashioned four-four-two, he'd be a good option to play like in that type of role. Um, because he needs to be near the, the goal to, to get the best out of him, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Because touch, you've obviously mentioned Conte there. Look, look what he did with Lukaku. I know it's Inter it's a different league, but look what he did with Lukaku. Look what he did with Sanchez. Sanchez had that year, year and a half spell at Man United. We nothing went right for him. Suddenly, his form changed a bit. Went back into sort of just, not exactly the form we saw at Arsenal, but going back in that right direction. He changed Lukaku for a better, to make, making him a better player than what he already was. He's, yeah, I'm not saying, as you say, not just singling out Conte, but I'm, as a and a direct replacement, I'm just saying that manager of that ilk will know how to get the best out of his best players. And even his worst players, he got to bring it together. I still yeah. think we missed the boat when um, Ancelotti was available when he went before he went Everton because they went at the same time. Yeah. Him and Arteta, yeah, didn't they? the same day. Ancelotti would have been like, <laughs> I know he went to AC Real Madrid, but I don't think he would have gone Real Madrid if he had been at Arsenal and he'd like. Change to turn it all around. It needs that experienced ilk, like play, a manager who knows to get the best out of players. And I want Arteta to do well. I want him to be the man. I want him to be the going man to take us forward. But every time you think you take a step forward, you end up falling down the ladder. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then you're two steps behind again. And you start getting into this kind of mode. And it, if you can tell already it's going to affect the fan base. The ground's going to start becoming disgruntled again because no one trusts the process. No one can trust that we're going to go to a game here and we're going to win a game. I, I was very shocked when I was on my show the other night and I've got Arsenal fans going, yeah, we're going to spank Palace 4-1. No, we're not. We're not going to beat spank Palace 4-1. No, we're not because we're not the Arsenal of uh, weeks. Yeah, years ago. No, exactly. We haven't, we're not capable of doing that at the moment. Like, they had 54% possession. We had 46 at home. We're Arsenal. They're Crystal Palace. No disrespect to them. But that that that's a that's a bad that's a telling factor, an mm. absolute telling factor that where we're at at the moment, that Crystal Palace are out playing us at home and we're sitting back trying to counter-attack them. We've got no god given right to beat anyone, but I mean no. Palace, I, I said this yesterday a couple of times, but they're our bogey team anyway. I think we've only beaten them once out of the last eight eight. And that times. was fortunate. That was fortunate, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it's a bit of a weird one with Palace, but we never do well against them. But <laughs> they surrendered their most dangerous weapon yesterday in Zaha. And like you said, we still couldn't beat them. So that's just, um, you know, it's just telling really that we can't mm. finish these teams off. And I, I, I still can't understand that. I mean, because I'm not comparing our quality of our players to Man United, obviously, the, the quality of their front line, etc. But even despite... Ole, they're going to win a lot of games because of the quality they've got on the pitch. They'll just mm. they'll just take uh, control of the game, even just for a short period, and bang mm. three goals in within fifteen minutes, for example. Yeah. But we've got players that not as good as that, but we've got players that could do that on the pitch, um, and just think, fuck it, we'll do what we want, you know, and just take control. Mm. But they don't seem to do that. They seem to be not motivated to do anything like that. I just don't know what it is. I can't understand why that even despite the manager we can't make that quality tell that's a weird that's a weird one for me because you think that that these great players they should have that bit of professional pride to think i want to show people what i can do and just just win a game with a bit of flair but we can't seem to do it at all (laughs) and that's a weird one for me oh yeah i just like you said like Remember, like even in Wenger's last year, we were Spain, we were beating Everton four 0 We were beating Palace four 0 after twenty two minutes. We mm. had players that even in his last year, where to be fair, it was filtering. We were falling down at that point, but we were still going out and beating teams, like scoring four goals in the first half. Yeah. CS, CSK in Moscow. 
in a quarterfinal. Well, it was pouring it up against them, I'm sure, yeah. four one something like half time, and we used to do that. But now, apart from Tottenham, that's the only time I've seen it. Oh, yeah. And the Prague game last year away, that's the only time that I've seen us come out in the first half and absolutely go at a team. And I'm not sure if it was all. Obviously, it was a lot down to us, and we performed against Spurs. But it was it was also about how shocking they were in centre midfield that day, and even the second half. And this is the bit that frustrates me with Arteta. Even the second half against Spurs, we lost the half. We went, we went negative mm. in the second half. Yeah, I know. We that annoys me. That and annoys no one me. talks about it because we won the game 3-1. But we went negative in the second half. When we beat Spurs mm. 2-1 and they went down to 10 men, we went negative then and came at the post. And it's like it's like he's too scared to open the team Hopefully, up. Yeah. But it's continuous and... There's obviously a trust factor with him with something. Is it the midfield? I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, he we we take a lead and we just sit back. We never go at a team. And last night um, we got kind of found out. And I, I think if they, if they had Eze or Saha, mate, we'd have lost about we'd have been three one down or four one down by the time Lacazette scored. Hundred percent. If them two, yeah, I, I, it's been like that ever since Wenger walked out the door, isn't it? We've never. Mm. Um, been able to do that again, you know, even in his worst possible time, his worst possible time finishing sixth in the league, by the way, um, would still have great weekends where, like you said, we'll go out and spank a team. But we just never, we haven't got the capabilities of doing that anymore. And under the last two managers, it seems like the shackles have never been unlocked mm. at all. Never, you know, it, it's. We, we can never play that free-flowing football. Even though we've had decent enough teams to do it, we, we've just not done it. And I'm sick of it, to be honest. Absolutely sick to death of it. Any team in the Premier League can go out and put out a group. You watch like any sort of performance and you're thinking, no matter what teams you're watching, you're thinking, why can't we play football like that sometimes? You know, even if you're watching Norwich or <laughs> Brentford or anyone else, you're thinking, oh, God. You know, they're, they're playing better football than us. Hmm. And they all seem to be, don't they? I don't know if it's like something going on in my brain, but they all seem to be playing better football than us at the moment, no matter who you watch. They've got yeah. a substance. They've got a substance. Brentford got a substance. Look what Brentford did to Chelsea the other day. Like, unbelievable performance, really. Like, how they didn't get a draw, if not a win out of it, was incredible. They battered Chelsea in the second half. They, 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 there's no fear in their team. There's no fear in Crystal Palace at the moment. Patrick Vieira's gone playing football. There's fear at Arsenal. Massive mm. fear. Um, and it's deep. It's deep. It's deeper than the players. It's deeper than the managers. It, 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 it's upstairs as well. Yeah. So it's just, there's so much, it seems to be like so much fear factor. Like Aubameyang, like, I know he's, look, to be honest, right, he scored last night. A good finish that was. Um, good finish against Tottenham. But this ain't the Aubameyang of old. The confident, he doesn't seem like the confident of Bamiang of three years ago. Who no. you could put your house on that he'll bow you out of jail every single time. Um, and I don't think he should be captain anyway, but he is captain. Mm. But it, 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 he's not the same Bamiang, he's not the same, no. Bamiang. and it's, no. it's, it's sad to see in some ways. Like, I even look at watch him in warm up sometimes, and I think he doesn't, there's it, a fear, it seems like there's a fear there as well. It just seems a fear throughout the team. I mean, let's face it, we gave him that contract because he was literally carrying us week in, yeah. week out. If it wasn't every pundit, everyone was... If it weren't for a Bamiyang, God knows where Arsenal would be. You know, no Bamiyang, we don't score. And, yeah, I don't know. It seems like... You ever heard the, the term the yips that golfers get? 
No. Have you heard of that? It's like something mental mentally goes wrong with them, and they they lose all confidence and all the shots. Just they just can't play golf anymore. I think Tiger Woods went for it for a while, mm. um, where everything they hit just just went off to the left, went off to the right, and it's a common sort of thing, especially in in uh, in that kind of sport. Hand eye when a hand eye coordination is gone, it's just overnight. It just goes, and that just mm. mentally they can't do it anymore. And it seems like our players sometimes just just suffer suffer with that. It's just there's no because there's no real explanation for it. But I was watching Chelsea Brentford the other, last weekend, and I was like, I put it on Twitter. I thought Chelsea. I mean, Brentford were absolutely battering Chelsea. It was mm. so unlucky not to have got anything at that game. But they, like you just said, Liam, they played with no fear. They didn't have any respect for them. No respect mm. for Chelsea at all. They just played. They put their game plan onto Chelsea and they just battered them. And I, I cannot remember the last time we did that to a team. Incessant pressure. And even if we even if we play well for a, a spell and like get one or two goals, which well, one goal maybe, we don't score two very often, but it looks like we're playing some really good football. It it doesn't last. Then the other the remaining seventy minutes, we're sitting back, we're hanging on. Mm. I would just love to see a performance where we can just put incessant pressure and try and go after a team, go for the throat, get a goal, and then try and get another goal to just kill them off. That's what it seems it needs, don't it? It seems like it's like trying to rip something totally out of them to get that. Um, yeah. And yeah. your mate, you're totally spot on. We, we just don't go for the kill whatsoever. We've got no kind of substance to our play. It's frustrating because you sit there and you think, we get ourselves into a 1 0 lead after eight minutes. But we've been there before. We've been, like, I've been there before, especially at Crystal Palace. Every single time we go one and up against them, and we can see every single time. Every, yeah. And it's the same thing every single time. We lose the ball in centre midfield, and they just, they just can't, they just literally hit us with their, with their pace. And it, 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 it's, it's become not, not style's not the word, but it's become. I expect it. I just expect that to happen now. I expect them to score. Yeah. I expect them to lose the ball and they'll score from it. And I, I, honestly, I'm just so frustrated. So, so frustrated. Like, and, like, it, first time I've sat there and thought, I don't want to come here Friday. I really don't want to come here. I know. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's literally a joke that I predicted that Benteke would get his one annual goal against us. And he did. Mm. I mean, he won't score again the rest of this season. You know he won't. But play against Arsenal, fill your boots, son. You know, you become like a prime fucking Ronaldo um, when he plays against Arsenal. Um, yeah, I mean, you could listen to some of my podcasts uh, from when we, um, under Emery, and it was the same problem. We pay to we pay our opponents far too much respect, and don't play to our strengths. Don't put you know press our game plan onto them. We just try and stop them playing rather than let them worry about what we can do to them. And it's a bit, it's been the same for years now. Um, and I'm, I don't know how much more, like I said, I don't know how much more I could take. Uh, this, you know, um, an inferiority complex. It play, we play mm. like we've got an inferiority complex against our opponents. That's the best way I can describe it. Leicester you know, game for Leicester game worries me honestly. Twelve thirty yeah. Saturday lunchtime oh, on BT Sports. Away at Leicester, honestly, absolutely worries me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm just like I need. I just I just can't see like even them. They got substance. They got star. I know they haven't started the season as well. They probably done over the last couple of seasons. 
But then you look at them against Manchester United and you think, Jesus, imagine us playing them at the moment. Like, once we go one goal down, like, you, you know we haven't got the character to come back into that game. That's the no. word, character. There is no character. to that we'll, we'll, go, we'll go one nil down against Leicester, away from home. You, you just you just know the writing's on the wall. Like Manchester City yeah. away. You knew once that first goal went in. There's no, there's no way back. There's no, no way back. There's no characters in there. Leicester yeah. spotted their their weakness, Man United's weakness, and then they they went for it like a like a, a vulture, you know, going for a wounded little animal. And once they got that, they put the knife in, but that didn't stop there. They carried on and they wiggled the knife around a bit to cause more pain. Do you know what I mean? They just yeah. they didn't let them off the hook. Mm. Um, so um, at the, we had this thing going didn't we, about the points total, didn't we, Ryan? Like 21. Yeah. And the most we can get now is 17. 17. But we've got two games left against Villa and Leicester of that, that group of 10. We could end up on quite easily now with the same points total that we had last season at the end of 10 games, which was yeah. 13. Mm. Yeah. I can't see us beating Villa and Leicester at the moment, and I don't think anyone can. And that would leave us at the same point as we had last season, 13. And we know how bad that was. And, and that's, the point. that's my point. Like for like, if you look at the results, I, we ain't going to be much better off, that, if, we, if better off, if not worse, at the end of this season at the moment, because... Like we haven't, I know we've had a few tough games, but then we played like Norwich, Burnley. Do you know what I mean? The Palace at mm. home. Like we got to go and wait. Like I'm not like can you imagine going way to Palace at the moment. Like, mm. anyway. like it, that that fears you. And then I think someone's right who just said on the on the, on the no, comment. Yeah. What game? Yeah, what game don't fear you? And it's like every game fears me. Every mm. single game fears me that I can't go can't go in there again. Do you know what? We'll win this game. Stay with point of performance. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think I that's why you're chatting. I've been thinking about the fixtures we've got coming up. We've got obviously got Villa, Leicester, Watford. Then we've got Liverpool. We've got, you've got Liverpool being in the Manchester. You've got Man United. You've got Everton away. Leeds United away. And by then, Leeds United be fucking back in form and pumping us. And, and then right across have their fans behind them. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting to next next two game. Even the League Cup game is going to be interesting, isn't it? Like that's not an easy game. Like Leeds, like I know like, they're not they haven't played well, but. You still, you still count against them coming over and turn us over, would you? No, I'm. I, I saw a uh, message from one of my friends, um, and I, I, I literally, I couldn't have agreed more. Where was it? Um, I'll try and find it in a sec. Um, basically, the saying, it said a lot of stuff which I really agreed with, but one of the things was that this team under Wenger would finish top four. Uh, and I, 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 th- I actually think it probably could. And you would not bet against that, would you? With the players yeah. that we've got, the quality that we've got up front, and it's, mm. it does make you think sometimes because he embraced the type of players and the youngsters that we've got in this squad, and it just does make you think that you know what someone else could be getting out of this. But it also worries you that the club aren't going to do anything about it and just let it go on and on and on until it was so painful, like it was under Emery at the end, that mm. everyone just stopped blaming Emery, didn't they? They couldn't... Mm. No one blamed him uh, after a certain period of time. It was just desperate to get him put out of his misery because yeah. he was a, just a, a, a dead man, like a corpse on the side of the pitch after a while. 
but again, the top looked it too late, didn't they? They dragged yeah. it out. They dragged out. And that's, this is what I mean. Again. I mean, Edu, every time he, is it, there's murmurings that the fan uh, is on the verge of going, he, he pops up and goes, wait until we've got a full squad together. We've got a pretty much a full, pop and two players are so, yeah, the full squad. What's the excuses now? He was there. He's, what's he, what are they seeing that we're not? I don't know. and I'm just worried that it's going to go on and on for far too long. And in the end, we're going to end up resenting and hating Arteta, which yeah. I think that'd be quite upsetting. I think that'd be quite sad because I don't, you know, Arteta, he's uh, just a nice guy, isn't he? But he, unfortunately, he's a guy that talks a talk without being able to walk the walk. Talk too big of a job for him. It was always too big of a job yeah. for him. Yeah, I know. And, and he can't... You can't blame him for taking yeah. it, but it was a mistake that he took it. Yeah. I think now we could, could quite easily say that. But I don't want to end up really hating the guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think no one does. I, I don't think even if we, if, whatever happens, I won't hate him. I won't hate him. Yeah. I just know that he's not the right man at this moment of time to take us forward. But my concern is the the way the way they've gone with a transfer philosophy, which could be we've sat there before, haven't we? Like, oh, this will be good in three, four years' time. The three, four years' time come, and whatever players that have progress end up leaving us and going to big clubs anyway. But I look at the team and I think, what manager will, will want to come in and actually manage the team? I, well? I, do you know what? Um, do you know what? That's, that's an interesting thing because I think I was thinking about that before, and I, I actually not worried about that. I actually think we're still. I think we're in a really, really attractive club right now for a manager to come in because we've done a lot of the hard work. We've cleared out a lot of the crap. We've brought in a lot of really exciting, talented youngsters. And that, I think that's I think that's a fact. I think we have brought in some talented, really exciting youngsters. We're not the complete article. We still need a couple, to get rid of a couple more. We still need to bring a couple more in. But that, I don't think we've got a hell of a lot of work to do to make us a really good quality team again. And Arsenal, no matter what you think, we're still one of the, the, the richest clubs in the world, with the biggest names. I think we're still at that stage where we can still attract. That was a great goal by Man City, by the way. I just got a little bit distracted, 3-0. Um, but I actually think we're still at that stage where we can attract a really good quality manager. But I don't think that will be there for much longer. I think if we leave it too long, I think and go to the end of the season, for example, and we finish 8th or ninth again, now, then, I think we're starting to lose our sheen. But I think because of the work that they've done, I think they have done, to be credit to them, they have done some good work in the transfer market. They've made some hard decisions. They've paid a lot of people off, which whatever you think of that, they've done, you know, they've ripped the plaster off and just got rid of them. And, yeah, we've done a big turnover of stuff. And I don't think we've made a lot of mistakes in the transfer market either. So if this new manager, if hypothetically we've got one in, They'd only have to get another couple of players in and get rid of another couple of players to actually make us. I'm not saying to challenge for the title yet, but to be in a good, really good place, you know, to to really sort of knock on the door of the top four. So I don't, I don't I'm not too worried about the contracting a manager because we're not got to worry about who's available. We've got to just pick the best one and go and get them, whether they're in a job or not. Who would you go for? Me, uh, I'd probably go for Ten Hag or someone like that, or I. I I do still like Brendan Rodgers. I think he'd get a lot out of our out of our squad. Uh, he likes working with young players. He improves players. That's one good thing about Brendan Rodgers. He really improves players. So I've put him at the, right at the top of the list. I like Ten Hag again. The bringing through the youth. He could bring um, Overmars with him, couldn't he? As well, that'd be, a, that'd be quite nice. 
What about Potter? Potter, I'd, go, I'd, I, I'd still quite like to see him in the Premier League with Brighton for another year or two to see where he goes. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a little bit soon for him. If, mm-hmm. But I do like him a lot. But um, I'd like to see a bit more of him, yeah. Same with Vieira. I'd like to see him mm-hmm. for another couple of years. Um, yeah, Vieira is at least two years at Palace, don't yeah. he? I think the yeah. same with Potter. I know, he's, I know he's been with Brighton for four years now. but And he's got them playing some lovely football. But uh, they haven't really progressed with regards to sort of, you know, climbing, stay, steadily climbing the table yet. So I'd like to get see him in a couple of years' time. But, uh, yeah, I think Ten Hag or someone like Rodgers. Um, I know he's a bit of a, a bit of a tosser, Rodgers, but I couldn't care less as long as he gets us playing some really yeah, attractive exactly. football and gets us back in the top four. So, about you, who, who would you think? <laughs> who do I think? Yeah. Um, but obviously, Brendan, I, I look at the team and I think it ain't a Conte-style <laughs> team, so there's no point looking at Conte because, like, I, I don't, I, like the team's quite young and it would need someone who's going to progress these players as well. I think it's a great show you said about Rodgers. Um, I think he'll be like the leading candidate, wouldn't he? In yeah. terms of, and I think I think that he's probably done as as much as he probably can do possibly with Leicester. The only thing he probably could do more is maybe still crack into top four if Man, Man United didn't change Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. But do I guess yeah. him getting top four? Probably not. He's won the cup with Leicester, but he's not going to do that year in, year out, is he? And he's probably going to get to a point at the end of the season where... He'll probably want a bigger move. Whether that could be someone like us or Newcastle, because you you know Newcastle are going to go in for a manager like yeah, that yeah. with the money they yeah. got. But yeah, I think I, I, I quite like Brendan Rodgers. I'm um, the Dutch guy at Ajax. Um, I think he'd be a, a shrewd choice. Um, like I think that'd be that'd be an interesting one if he joined in. And I do like the way Potter plays. Uh, he's got a substance. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. And I, but I'm, I do kind of agree that I think managers like him and Fiera probably Fiera more. Probably needs another. T- we need to see what Fiera does over t- over two to three years. With Crystal Palace. Do, yeah. but he's got the tools. He's definitely got the tools yeah. there to do a great great job at Crystal Palace. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, I think probably yeah. Brendan Vols has been my leading candidate. Yeah, and me, and I'm not expecting for Brendan to come in and like t- take us to the title because the chances of us winning the title is, is slim to none, no matter who we get in. Because of the spending power of, of the other teams, unfortunately. But mm. I, do you know what? And I, it's, it now it sounds silly, but I just want to see exciting football back at the Arsenal. Exciting football that mm. gets you out your seat. That you, you're actually, even if you get beaten one weekend, you've still played some scintillating stuff, and it's you know you've lost three two or something, or you know you're just playing some wonderful football and with exciting players. I just want that back, you know, and. And to be challenging for the top four and getting back into the Champions League eventually. I'm not expecting someone to come in and take us to the league title. No. But I'm just mm. sick to death of boring football. And that's what I'm a little bit worried about with, um, you know, bringing in some other managers. Or, um, you know, uh, what's his name that you just mentioned? Conte, sorry. So, yeah. I'm a bit worried about Conte me. because uh, although he's a fantastic manager, and I'm, I'll be the last to complain if he like, starts bringing us trophies and taking us right back up the top of the league again. But I, I don't want to sound like a spoiled child, but I just, I just want, I want a bit more, you know, I want, I want, some, I want that exciting football back as well. Uh, but I like, I think you're, I think you're right. I don't think it's like you being kind of spoiled or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think 
we 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 look at we we're, we're looking at envious it's him to brentford at the moment we're talking about brentford having a style yeah, exactly hmm. right brighton that they've come at us with a stolen stance matt palace yesterday without their key players have come to us with a kind of a stolen stance like we 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 want to be feared again we want players like Abamyang to be absolutely feared we want players to like entertain us at the Emirates. Like we know we're not going to win the Premier League for for a number of years. If like if we do win, it's, it'll be an unbelievable achievement. Even, even in about five years for me at the moment. But we just mm. want we just want like to be back to that point where we compete with teams week in week out. That we we're confident that we're going to go to a game and we're not going to like rely on a last minute goal get when we get absolutely battered by a team like Southampton or like Crystal Palace last night where we're relying on Lacassette to score a 95th minute win equaliser. We don't want that. Like but we bit this we're going through the same kind for me at the moment we're going to end up going through the same kind of mode of Emery and I can see it mm. and it, it concerns me. And the problem with Arteta last year, he got away with it because there's no fans, but there's fans now and it was getting disgruntled in there last night. And kind well, of right so well, as well. That, that's what I was going to ask you. Because I, I was I was really interested in that. Sorry to cut in there, because that's yeah, what I want to, you know, with regards to whether there's any any signs of fans turning on him. Because I've heard a lot of podcasts, you know, things like James McNicholas, saying that, you know, that that hasn't happened yet. And I'm, I was I'm a little bit surprised at that, but, but also at the same time, you know, it's quite nice to hear that the atmosphere in the ground is it's been a lot better. However. I'm I'm a little bit surprised. So, are you saying that it was turning a little bit yesterday? I don't. It's not turning against Arteta in many, many ways, and it's not got to nowhere near the point where Unai Emery because it got it got to the point, like you said, it got angry, but then it got to it to a point where it was just like we know he's going now. He knows he's going. The run's gone on too deep, and it was just like it was an acceptance. It hasn't gone to the bit yet where people are going for Arteta, but you could tell last night the frustrations kicking in. It's mm. the same old stuff on the pitch and. It's like it, it builds, don't it? It builds. And yeah. if we don't beat Aston Villa, it's going to build even more. And then we get to Watford and we're, we're expected to beat Watford. Like they're, they're miserable at the moment. They're absolutely miserable. But mm. if we go to, if we don't get a win against Aston Villa and we don't beat Leicester and we get beaten by Leicester, then the pressure's right back on again, isn't it? And it will build mm. and then it will start aiming towards Arteta. And then obviously it will then go toward the, the ball. To, we'd be forced to make a decision in like we already see that a fan obviously abuse Edu in the first game of the season because they're disgruntled um I think but I think I think it's got I think it's gone to a point now where they a lot of the fans realize it's not just Arteta is it no, like, no. it we got people at, uh, higher up who are inexperienced in their roles who yeah. have just not not got the class or the quality to manage us into a, a level that we've been used to and we've been at like no offence, like when we had Peter Hill with David Dean, for example, like there was a connection, weren't there? Like, mm. don't get me wrong, him and Wenger were incredible together. But even before that, the George Graham era, okay, we played some boring football at the time, but you know what? We won, we won trophies nearly, nearly every season. Yeah. Like, we, we was awful in the league for a few seasons, probably as awful now, but we'd still go and win the League Cup, the FA Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, get to a cup, another Cup Winners' Cup final under George Graham. You, I don't see us getting to any finals this year. Yeah, do you know what though? I think the, the funny thing is that, and I sort of intimated towards it earlier. I'm not. I, I know that the jury's still out on Edu, um, but I'm, I'm actually quite encouraged by the players that we've got rid of and brought in. So I, I don't see. I think we're just. I don't know whether he's a major problem. I think we're still missing someone though, and I've said it a hundred times, but it's someone like a, a Luis Campos 
or an Overmars to come in to actually oversee the overall, um, you know, being a director of football at the club yeah. and give the club the direction it needs. I think we're missing someone. I don't think there's a major problem with regards to Edu being shit at his job or anything because I don't think there's much evidence of that at the moment. Personally. Even that's the problem. And to be fair, he's summer window. He's not that bad when you look at the players coming. No, in I think he's good. Mm. Yeah. yeah, pretty good window. But the, I don't think there's much evidence to say no. that he shit his job. No, I, I think we need someone else in above him. Yeah. It's to get to the Cronkers, though, isn't it? Like Edu's the face yeah. on in the board. Mm. The Cronkers are. I don't know if Josh Cronkers there all the time, but obviously Stan ain't. Um, and the frustration goes towards Edu because because yeah. of the Cronkers at the end of the day. Yeah, um, I think it's about unfair to say that he's shit and he needs would to you have Omar, Would you have Omar's in with Edu then? Oh, yeah, without, without question. He's, he'd be my second choice. Uh, my first choice would be Campos, without question. But I, I'm almost certain that he's going to be snapped up by Newcastle. And that, that's going to pain me because I've, I've been going on about him for years, haven't I, yeah. Brian? Cut at least a couple of years. It's, well, yeah. since he left Lille, which is getting on for two years ago now, I've been wanting to get him in the club. And and I think he's going to go to Newcastle, and and that'll be a massive wasted opportunity, I think, um, because you've only got to listen to you know his background and read about him in his achievements at clubs like Monaco and Lille, um, which is just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, he'd be my second choice over Mars. But we need, I, I just think we're missing someone there big time. We've got a big hole in the club. I don't think we've got enough people with with quality there and experience and uh you know because i mean between vinai and then edu who else there's there isn't anyone is there i mean we've got that tim lewis who's basically a solicitor and then we've got uh richard garlic who no one's 100 percent sure what he does but he's he's to do he's the contracts guy you know he'll go out and negotiate the contracts but mm. that's not enough that's not enough. We need someone to oversee the whole thing. Yeah. Um, because they don't seem to be enough heads to do all the jobs at the moment. So, he, but I, he, yeah, I, I, I don't know what you think about that, but I think Edu's been targeted, you know, and uh, unnecessarily, but personally. I think, I think, I think he's, he's summer windows kind of smoothed it over with him. I think fans are like, yeah, do you know what? He hasn't actually done bad. The players he's brought in actually look like they could be quite exciting players for the future. Like, even Tavares, I quite, I like him. I know no, I, last few days, but mm, I think like, he's got very much energy. He, I like, think he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I very really like so him. So he, he has done well. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I was one of them in the summer, mate. He was quite focal against Edu because I was getting frustrated. But I do agree that, do you know what? He summer's kind of smoothed it over in terms of the players he has got in, and he's shown that he can get the kind of players in. I suppose the big question now is like, and it may be, be do we need someone else with him to now pick the, the top quality players that we need to go with these players moving forward? Because mm. we don't need another season of buying six players for 100 million, don't we? Do we? we probably mm. need to go and buy two players that are probably worth 70, 80 million each. Yeah, mm. I, I just think I love the way that the. Campos strategizes the, the running of the club and the recruitment side of it because he says, I won't go and buy a midfielder until, I re until I've actually fully researched the players that go all around him, like as if it's like a chessboard. So if you're going to buy a, a, a central midfielder, he wants to go and research who we've got currently uh, that's going to play right back, left central midfield and right wing, you know, in front of him as well to make sure that they all complement each other. He thinks about everything, like the full picture, and he will not buy a player 
that doesn't fit with the players that we've already got yeah. or whether we're going to go out and buy you know, other ones to complement the same player, if you know what I mean. He's, his strategy is this second to none and uh, he, he, he achieves that wherever he goes. He's, he's not had a bad stint at anywhere, this guy. He's, he's sold a billion pounds worth of players from nothing. You know, a billion, actually, is that a billion pounds profit or I can't remember? But he's, he's, his work in the transfer market, anyway, is, is phenomenal. Um, we don't need him going Newcastle, then, do we? No, this is exactly mm. what this is exactly the worry I've got because mm. he is the one that will accelerate their rise to the top. And mm. instead of taking maybe ten years, he can cut it down to five. He's that type of guy. Mm. So um, I'm worried about that, to be honest with you. I'm going to um, have to shoot. I'm going to have to shoot in five minutes. So we'll get ready. Yeah, that's not no way. Yeah. Really. Yeah, no yeah. worries, mate. No worries. Well, yeah, Liverpool's nothing. kicking off soon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, miss- it, it? yeah, so go I was on. about to say, it is, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? I, I do think that with the transfer window as such, like, we, like, hopefully now we'll kind of change our stance next year. And I think, yeah, but the problem is we ain't got time, have we? You know, like, games come thick and fast. And if we don't win against Aston Villa and we don't get a result against Leicester, then... It, it just gets volatile again, don't it? And the fans get disgruntled. And if I'm if I'm feeling like that, and I'll be honest, you, I'm I'm the, one of the most passionate fans. So I love going there week in week out. And yesterday it was the first time I said you thought it's the first time I felt I don't want to come Friday, right? Yeah, I know. I've had enough of this, but I'll be I'll be there obviously. But it was the first time I actually felt like that, and it was just like. Yeah, especially considering we've only just been let back in the stadiums, you know, you shouldn't be. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Maybe I had the geese that the guy next to me saying exactly the same thing, and I'm like, well, I was sitting there thinking, like, we've only just come back in the stadium, we couldn't wait to get yeah. back in there. Um, yeah. but hopefully, I'm surprised we beat Aston Villa and Leicester, and then there's egg on my face, and we, we can't go, we'll go, move, push forward. We'll but, again, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I, I can't, I, oh, like us guys, I just can't see it at the moment, unfortunately. Mm. No, well, we must say in the chat as well. Convert to a free at the back and let to vert, uh, Nuno, Nuno go basically, as in let him be unpredictable. I'd, uh, I'd actually do that. You know what, Russ? I, I totally agree with you. I've, I've seen a couple of people saying about three at the back, and yeah, I'll be slide. I would do that. People are, you know, when we when we were in this that desperate situation last season, that's the only time we had a decent run of games when we went to three mm. at the back. And the season before, and just to, to, just to solidify for a, a little while, and I know that we've we've actually been unbeaten in what what four games, five games now. Five, um, yeah, so, like I said before, people are acting like we got hammered yesterday. We didn't yeah. still through the game. However, it, we need to we need to do something to to make the the front end of the pitch click, and coercively that might be a bit weird by strengthening up at the back in in some sort of ways. Um, to be able to release them a bit more, uh, he might feel a bit more confident. By I feel that bringing back Lacazette in the team might support that. I really yeah. do. I think well, he's got to play Friday. I think so as well. But I would do the same. I'd, I'd actually put Tierney back at, into the back three, and I put Tavares on one side, and I'd stick. I'll still stick with Tommy Asu on the other side as right wing back, um, and I'd, I'd definitely bring back. Lacazette just for his pure energy and enthusiasm because oh, we're desperate. Dude. Mate, he was going up the fans and everything yesterday. Like, honestly, yeah. like, like he, <laughs> he won, he won everyone over within two minutes coming on, mate. Because he was just showing the passion. You sit there and think, mm. like, 
if we can have just a few players like this, like the, the team returns, you know what I mean? But it's getting the players to come out of that. Like even players like Tierney, I know he's got it inside him. I, I've seen him at Celtic. I know the geezer's got it inside him, and he like he seems a bit low at the moment. And yeah, yeah like, that's that's thing that concerns me. Definitely, but, but I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna shoot, guys. But yeah. it's been a pleasure yeah. coming on. Yeah, nice to meet you, Liam. Nice to yeah, see you, Andrew, mate. Obviously, I know, yeah, definitely. And Liam, where did you find you? And what you got um, planned on the North Bank Summit? I've actually got a show in half hours. So if you want to pop on, pop on. Um, I think you're coming on Thursday, ain't you, Ryan? Thursday night after my preview, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, pop on and see me and Ryan on Thursday at eight o'clock. But yeah, it's been a pleasure meeting you, Andrew, and I've had had a good time talking Arsenal. Likewise. See you later, mate. Cheers, see you later, mate. mate. Bye -bye. See you later. Yeah. I mean, Stephen in the chat as well. You mentioned because we were talking about the director of football or something to oversee. I think we had a missing chat in six months. Though kicks heading boots to the curb, basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, he wasn't uh, going to hold that type of role. He was obviously a recruitment guy, wasn't yeah, he? But there was someone there to start the process off. Yeah, he he had been promised to be able to make that step up into a a bigger role. Hmm. Um, but obviously, when Raoul was recruited, he put an end to that. Um, he wanted total control. So, yeah, it was all went tits up from there, basically. But he, although as good as Mislin Tat is, he's not the type of guy I'm talking about with regards to being, oh, you know, no, even more yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be very tempted to go with a back three with wing backs on Friday. Um, and you know what? I, I, I saw someone again, I, I didn't actually uh, take a note of their names. So I apologize, but this isn't my own thoughts, but they mentioned about um, the midfield partnership with Partey. And because we haven't got Xhaka, uh, well, Erdegaard ain't the answer because it's handcuffing Erdegaard and taking away everything that's good about him by dragging yeah. him back. He needs to be more up front than like the number 10 role. And Laconga maybe isn't quite there yet at the level that we need. And also, uh, it doesn't really complement Partey as much as we'd hoped he would as well. So it might be worth, I know this is absolutely amazing thing to say, but it might be worth back, uh, bringing back El Nini to toughen up that midfield so he can be deep with Partey so that the better players, he can just do all the dirt work. Yeah. And the better players can obviously push forward and do their jobs properly. So, actually thinking about and calling for sort of maybe El Nini coming back into the team for a while just to sort of strengthen the midfield is not something I thought I'd be talking about. But I think it's something we might need at the moment. Yeah, it does seem like it. Because, as you say, the other options, Sambi's just joined us. He is, uh, he's new to the league. He's learning the ropes. Ainsley isn't really... The what we what party needs next to him either? No, I don't think he is. I don't think, think he yeah. is. He's done a good job every now and then, and uh, but for a full ninety minutes, we uh, we need to start battling on the midfield and uh, try and win that midfield battle. Um, Gaelneni is the one that will just um, he'll accept any job that he's given, and he's quite happy to sit deep and just break up play and um, mark players out of the game. So I, I think it'd be probably worthwhile getting it getting that midfield toughened up a bit with having him alongside Partey mm. uh for the next game or two just to mm. 
Yeah. Try and get a bit more beef there, to be honest with you, because Erdegaard is being wasted, being played too deep. Absolutely wasted. There's no point in having him on the pitch when he, when we're going to do that. And Guy's coming there about obviously Sammy and Odegaard brought in, were brought into a solidified midfield. Yeah, long term they were. But obviously, as I said, Sammy's got he's 21, something like that. Yeah, 21, yeah. He's, 21, so, yeah. So he's still, A, he's adapting to a new league. Then, as you say, he's, physically he's got a beef up as well. Along, oh, absolutely, along the yeah. Mentally. He, I love so the guy. Time. We can't just expect him to just come in like that. And I know guy doesn't mean it like that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's another quote that's been thrown at not just um, Edu, but Arteta as well, and the whole club as well this summer. There's that we spent £50 million on a defender when we had that defender in that position anyway in Saliba. We sent him out on loan and not really addressed the midfield, which has been a major cause of concern for years. No, do uh, you know what, as well? I, I don't want this to, the, to become like a. Any reason to keep bashing Ben White with? Because no, no, I know you're not. I know you're not. But the, the fan base just like keeps saying fifty million quid on Ben White. But he's going to get just being. He's going to be labelled with this guy uh, buying this guy who we didn't need type thing, and it's if he's crap and we've wasted money on him, bro. And that's a shame for him. I, I feel sorry for the guy because. Mm. It's not his fault we went out and spent 50 million quid on him. And no. I like him. I really like him as a player. Was, but, Andrew, we saw but, when, Pepe, when Pepe came in, that's for 32 mil. He didn't start off greatly. People were going, oh, 32 mil. We're seeing the exact same thing now with ben, Benjamin. I know. It's, I know. <laughs> it's doing my head in as a fan base. It really did. But I, I watched Marseille the other night. And, uh, you know, when I posted that, those two what, good news. Marseille, Marseille, Marseille and Nazri Marseille. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I I tell you what though, I watched Saliba really closely. I watched um, you know Guendouzi really closely, and I mean Saliba is just like a a really good defender, a really good player, and it is crazy. It it really is crazy that we're not playing him, and that we felt the need to to spend fifty million quid on Ben White, <laughs> but we did. So, you know, I don't know why we did. What the main reason was, what, you know, what the beef against Saliba is, if there really is any beef against him. I don't know. I'd love to know. But for now, let's, uh, you know, we need to support Ben White. But I, I, I am, I totally get what people are, are, are talking about when yeah. we could have spent that 50 million quid, used, used Saliba and spent the 50 million quid elsewhere. I totally get that. But mm. we can't change what's happened. So um, I do really, I do really like Ben White. I think he's really, going to be a really good player mm. for us. Well, if it wasn't at the same much. time, we've got to bring Saliba back next summer. We've got to. Oh, we have to. It's ridiculous. So, it's, getting out of, it's getting ridiculous now. The fact that he's not, he's not played. He's, he's on a contract. Three, well, basically three seasons ago. Initially, the first season was meant, he was meant to go out on loan, so that's okay. But mm. for the last two seasons, we've now sent him out on loan. We had him. We had him for half a season last year. and Didn't use him. Oh, made him I don't know. Made him play with the under twenty ones for six he months. He, he hardly played for that. I think he only made about six appearances for them. To be you honest, know, with you. Yeah, he didn't. That's the only time he yeah. got to play in the Arsenal shirt. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, when he does come back next summer, and presuming Ben White and uh, Gabriel stay fit, so where's he going to play every week? I mean, unless we mm. do permanently switch to a back three. I don't know. Um, it's a weird one. I just, I really would love to know the main, what's going on there. I 
with mm. Saliba because uh, he just seems ready made for the Premier League. If you ask me, it's he's playing outstanding football. Mm. It really is. He would, and he would, he would still fit a three at the back. He's no, in the sense of you could have your Saliba, Ben White, and Gabriel all playing at the same time, and have Pablo, a Pablo Mario, you know all that as your back. I mean, that would be incredible. I mean, th- what a back three that could actually look, be. Look at the height for them. Well. They're all like six foot plus, aren't they? And, and well. they're all they're all really good on the ball. They're all young. Yeah. It, it could be one of the best, potentially one of the best defenses out there. You know, yeah. uh, over a long period. I mean, it'd be really, really good to watch. Um, but I don't know. I we'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, I, I do agree with uh, Liam. What said that. Uh, bring Lacazette back into the team. I don't agree with the idea of putting Aubameyang back out wide left. Uh, I uh, really if, don't. If, you're uh, play, if you want to play Lacazette and Aubameyang, you just play, play, play two strikers in a, in, a, in a formation that has two strikers, two up front, basically. Be it 4-4-2, mm. whatever, or whatever sort of format you want to go. Make sure he's got to just have your two strikers. Don't put one, have one striker down the middle and have the other striker on the wing. That's not going to work. Well, I think it, it may sound quite negative, um, but like a five-three-two formation, mm. it ain't going to happen. But I, I personally think that could be a way of of getting some results over a short period of time. And with the with the two wing backs, it could actually reinvigorate. Um, it depends whether he drops um, Tommy Asu back into the back three or Tierney, because if it, mm. if it if you drop Tommy Asu back into the back three, he could re- reinvigorate Tierney on the left mm. as a wing back, left wing back. Yeah. Or it, we could unleash Tavares on the Premier League and see whether he can just yeah, start ripping people new. Because that's the mm. thing I've been thinking. That's what he played. He played a wing back. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's not like if he dug out of water, he wouldn't know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. He could be a bit of a secret weapon. Um but yeah, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens. But I, I'm, at the moment, I'm actually really quite worried about the game. I really am. More so than I was before. You and me both, I think, just, not just not just us three, obviously, have been on tonight, but I haven't found a single Arsenal fan today that's actually looking forward to fighting now. Even no. the ones, they just said, not leaving the ones that are going. I know. Because it's... I, know. I mean, we're talking about, obviously, you, you, near the end of Unai Emery and all that. And the matter of it, they literally pretty much an empty stadium. It was pretty much an empty stadium in his last game. And even in the Southampton game, there was empty seats. You could, you could see empty seats all over the place. Last night, we watched that game. If you watch it back, there were so many empty seats in the East End, the West End, and probably the upper yeah. tier was completely empty on a Monday night. Never, and I know it's Monday night, and I know people might not at half term yet. There's no, under Wenger, that was never an issue. Monday night of football, that place was round no matter what. I know, but the thing was, it, what, I think it was pretty round uh, when the game kicked off, wasn't it? It was just like... Mm. There, was a, there, was a few seats, there was still a few seats um, empty mm. in that, where the cannon is. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot, but near the end, the people just, as you say, went into habits and thought, fuck, why are we here? We can't, they couldn't see nothing into it. Another way, seeing us coming back in, and they just went, okay, I'm going home. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've had this game on and I've missed about three goals somehow. I finished up 5-1 in the end. Oh, bloody hell. I know. <laughs> I don't know where they came from. But um, anyway. 
we'll have to wait and see what happens, won't we? But um, maybe we'll have to do a bit of a prediction yeah, show beforehand or something. I don't know. But at the moment, hmm. I feel a bit drained about it all. Again, you and me both, literally. And um, just to free up, start wrapping things up, because obviously you've got mm. a lot Stuff, lots of stuff to do, like Liverpool Gate, Liverpool go on soon as well, haven't we? Yeah, it's, that um, kicks off in five minutes or three minutes. How old time did it get off? Oh, yeah, not far away, yeah. Um, going to say now, the next, also, we'll talk about the fixtures, I talked about fixtures earlier. Watford aside, even then, that could be a tough game. We'll make, we're going to make that a tough game, but it looks at where we're playing at the moment. But look at the rest of the teams. Obviously, got Rido, Leicester, Liverpool, United, the Everton's, the Leeds United in the cup, and Leeds, Leeds at some point in early December. This 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 month this one of this month block of fixtures between now and the international break could make or break Arteta completely. Mm. Absolutely, and the worst thing is it gets to a stage where you you think no matter what they do, they're how at some start times you still got that bit of hope that you can you're going to be at a spanker team. Everything can come together. Everything can click, and you're going to get a good win. It's it's at that stage at the moment where I can't ever envisage that happening, no matter what he does. Mm. And that's the worrying thing for me. Mm. I, I, I've I've lost that, and uh, I can't see where he's going to pull a, a really good performance out the bag. I just can't see it coming. No. And Tracy's asking as well: Would it have to? Would it have to go as far as fans in the stadium to protest for Arteta to be sacked? I don't think it'd be protesting. I think in its own people just not going. Yeah, seen under Wenger and all that I mean, for beforehand. But I think it's going to be more of what we saw under Unai Emery in the back end of Wenger's that last season of Wenger, where people just didn't bother to turn up for the games. It didn't look good for business, and that's what made the club and Wenger come to an agreement where he'd step down into the, the season or whatever. And New Miami, the only reason he left, he got sacked in the end, not results or anything, because they're they backing him to the hill. It's when it's when we didn't turn up for the games at the Emirates, and they went, yeah, it looked bad for business. That's when they acted. Took them two games, but that's when they acted. Exactly. And I think it's that's be, I not think going. I do think it's going to get to that point again, and I think that's what saved him. We said it last year. That's what saved him last year because there was no one there anyway. Yeah, I think so. But I don't. Well, I say I, I think so. I don't think they would have sacked him last year because mm. he, he just got to that stage, like I said before, where he just he just managed to turn things around at the right time. Yeah. When his back was against the wall, he, he somehow pulled a good result out of the bag, didn't he? Chelsea mm. um, going Boxing Day, yeah. But they can't get away from those types of figures that I've mentioned earlier about the, 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 what he's it's done over sixty six yeah. games. Yeah, it's it's just not good enough. No, anyway, we'll see. Ne- Again, even on the season under Bruce Rioch, we were never this bad. We finished we finished fifth at you, didn't we? You're, 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 yeah, fifth. You're over league base, what is now? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I know.
Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, dear. All right. But yeah. And as well. And yeah, Gary's saying as well, yeah. And that, that stems from the ownership. I've said, I said this last night. I said it on numerous other podcasts last season. And we've all said it on our podcast, our respective podcast as well, that literally it all stems from the top. Everything that goes, that's wrong with the club stems from the Gronkies. Like it or not, it is what it, it is. What it is. It's no coincidence. The second he starts becoming a majority shareholder and then on to being the full owner of the club, the club itself on on in and around in and around the club and on the pitch has declined massively. And it's getting there's no sign under this ownership of it getting better. And if we ain't careful, can't believe I'm saying this now. Newcastle got new ownership, but we. I've always said with obviously Newcastle fans, Newcastle fans that we know that um, we had the Mark Ashley, the American Mark Ashley. So, and it, they're what? How many years into fucking being in the club? He ain't, he's, there's no he's nowhere near that. No, when, I say, when I say that, there's no care from the owner. He doesn't run the club. We go to the stadium, there's clear uh, refurbs that need to be done, as in the. the, the the legends more, more uh, thing around the stadium, all the ex players on the stadium bit, that needs a repaint and re uh, refurb. First one up, basically, it's faded. It, it just looks decayed, basically. The cannons going around the stadium, the paint's peeled off. There's tennis balls even in the circle of the cannon, jammed in the cannon. It's just there. They've been there for over two years. They've been mm. dealt with. The seats in the stadium need a refresh as well. And then just a general freshen up. It, it's just been left there to decay to chaos year after year. And it's how if you, things like that show how how a business is run, how much care someone cares about their business. I'd, yeah, I I think it's um, what the the main problem is is that they haven't been close enough to the club. And I've, I know I've said this before, but I mm-hmm. I think that they've made decisions that have not been. Uh, the best decisions, obviously, with the people that they've hired, mm. and they've not been close enough to keep an eye on things. And when the things have gone wrong, they've not made the decisions quick enough. I think that's why they're bad owners. Uh, I, I think that they've not been bad owners because they've not put money into the club. It's because they haven't been um, close enough to the club, mm. and. Yeah, they like you said, they haven't, they haven't cared enough about doing things quicker and making sure that they've hired the right people, um, because that's what they that that is their biggest downfall for me. Because if they hired, you know, if they hired a, someone like a Campos three years ago, mm. then would have had we would be in this mess now, you know, or well, longer than three years ago. Uh, you know, if they hired him. Someone like him, six years ago, ten years ago, mm. whatever, um, we wouldn't be in this mess now. But because they've made the wrong decisions, uh, the cheap decisions, uh, in the case of like you know hiring Arteta or hiring Unai Emery, I'm sure he was a lot cheaper than uh, what a lot of the other managers are out there. Um, and they, or even if they've made they made that decision to hire Unai Emery, but sacked him quicker. Mm. You know things like that. Then again, we wouldn't probably be be in as deep a mess as we are now either. So I think that's the main problem is that they've they've not been around. They've not you know they don't seem like they care because they've not been here. 
but over the last 18 months, I've had a, obviously a, a reason for that. But um, they haven't got that reason now. And I don't know whether Josh is still here or not, but he, I know he was here mm. recently. Um, but that's the problem. And uh, if they could get the, the recruitment right, then you now we'd have a better chance of success. Yeah, no, exactly. That's that, 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 and that's on them again, like you say. Until until they, until they start realizing that and actually act like they care and do the right things and hire the right people for the right roles in this, that, and the other, and invest. Yeah, exactly. Not just in when I say invest, it's not just player personnel. It's investing within the club itself, the structure of the club, how it's run on a day to day basis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we're we we're, we're really too lightweight with regards to our executives and our directors. Yeah, uh, we haven't got enough of that. I mean, who <laughs> you, know, you wouldn't think you'd be saying we haven't got enough executives or directors because <laughs> you know. But in our case, I think it's true. You know, we've, yeah. we've we're really lightweight up there, haven't we? We've got no, we've got no football men at the board level either. Let's no. be honest. Rina's not a football man. I mean, Edu, but he's got a board. He's more re- working alongside Arteta. We need. We, we do need. I've, I've been saying since uh, Raúl got ousted and kicked out the club, even though they don't say it officially, but that's how it was. Because obviously, a few, couple of months prior, there was rumours of David O'Leary was on the verge of being brought into the club as a football man, Arsenal man, into the board, and it's Raúl that blocked it. So I said, I put a tweet out straight away that day and went, "Right, can Arsenal go and get David O'Leary now? I've given the, given the role at the, at the at the club in the board." That it was offered initially, or, high, or even higher, and get the fans back on back, the fans back on foot side, and things like basically hire an Arsenal man, the guy that's made most appearances for the clubs in the club's history, bleeds the club, knows the club inside out. His own daughter liked it, so she's clearly on the same wavelength there. Absolutely. She doesn't even fucking follow me for fuck's sake. And so you fucking saw it, and as I said, so there's clearly. And you see, maybe now and then pop up David O'Leary as a as a guest. That's not good enough. Go, we need Arsenal men. We need a David O'Leary to Tony Adams is of this world at some capacity on that board. People that men that care about the club that know the club inside out. Know you see Tony Adams there yesterday. Yeah, with his son. I think mm. his son. Looks like his son anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know it makes you happy when you see people like that in the crowd, doesn't it? And yeah. uh, it'd be even better if you saw them, you know, around the board table. Yeah, um, exactly. In the offices. Yeah, and just doing the, the doing the doing the stuff that they that they'd want to do because they've got they've since over time they've well, Tony Adams went there with a consortium <clears> to join the board well before Kong came along and they told him where to stick it was or it was blocked basically because Wenger didn't want ex players on the board level. Because he thought he didn't interfere with, with how he was doing his job and all it, and that would never that would never be the case. No, but it is what it is. What it is. But now it does. It I said it does need it. It's down, but it's down to them now. All this PR, as I, I call it, PR BS, BS from the Cronkies for the since April since the Super League fallout. But as far as I got, I'm calling it all BS. Everything they've said is BS until until they prove me different. They get off their ass. They come over. They don't just come over for the flying visit. They stay here. But if Joss is if Joss is now full, been given full control by his dad to run this club, get your ass over here. Find a fucking flat or whatever in London, 
and set up shop and run run the club like a business, like a day to day business, like you would back in the state. He does that back in the state to day Rams. Show you care. Don't just say things like, "Oh, I want to be down the." Things like going, "Oh, I want to be back on the match day down the pub and hit the." Go-. That is that. That's not showing you care. That's just doing the, the usual PR bullshit that you need to do to show that the media you're doing, you're here, you're there, guys. Hi, you're one of the people. No, you go and do what needs to be done. Things, refurbs that need to be done. Dressing room did not need to be refurbed. You've got to refurb that, whatever. Refurb what needs to be refurbed. Hire the staff that need to be hired. Get rid of the staff that are not doing their job properly. I.e., if performance is on the pitch, football's meant to be a results-driven game. We're not getting the results, yet we're on the verge of basically being worse off than what we were last year. So if you don't, we need to start these next two games, you said, yeah? Mm. The maximum we can have now. That's okay. If that, if that does happen, there's a clear decline. There's a there's a concern, there's a red flag there already flying. If we are uh, if we win the next two games, we'll be four points better off than we were this time last year. So yeah. that's 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 it's, possible. That's, but if we, uh, you know, if if you can, anyone can confidently think we're going to win the next two games, then I'd like to hear the argument for it because. Yeah, I'm. I'm not confident at all. But I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to go and win um, the next two games. And and if that's the case, then fine. You know, because that's four points better off than where we were last season. It's a step in the right direction. Let's see. But at the moment, um, that's far from uh, far from the case. And it looks like it's we're going to be closer to pretty much bang on where we were this time last year. Yeah, uh, and that's just not good enough. No. Oh, exactly, especially the signs we have, we have made. Like it or not, it is what it is. It, you, when you're making, when you're spending the money we've spent, you, you want to see improvement. Mm-hmm. We're not the winners. Obviously, we, the next two games will show that if we don't win them, either of them. Exactly. So, yeah, but with that, I think we'll wrap things up. Otherwise, we're going to go down rabbit holes. I'm putting some mountains soon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, dear. Save that one for Friday night. Um, yeah, but yeah, thanks obviously, Andrew, for coming on. And obviously, no problem anytime. Where, where can people find you? And obviously, you want to promote your podcast from this morning? I yeah, it's a really, really enjoyable one this morning with uh, Jerry Payton. Um, yeah, I hope everyone can uh, be with me. I'm sure you all are. I'm wishing Bob Wilson the best because he's in hospital at the moment and uh, he's not better. Yeah, he's still there, and uh, hope all give him the best, uh, very best wishes because it's a big day for him coming up on the 30th of October. It's his 80th mm-hmm. birthday. Um, so it's a big one for Bob and um, we all want him fit and healthy and ready for that one. Um, so yeah, but the, with regards to the the, the uh, chat I had with Jerry Payton this morning, it was really, really, he's a great bloke, really nice guy. Um, I spoke really openly about uh, the Invincibles year, Jens Lehmann, all the goalkeepers that we've had in the meantime and uh, his time in Japan um, and uh, Ramsdale and uh, the evolution of the goalkeeping role. It's really interesting. So please go and check it out on my channel, which is from Dial Square to Where. Um, and uh, yeah, if you can follow me on Twitter, it's at From Dial Square. And thanks very much again for having me on. Absolutely no problem. You around on Thursday? Around the same, about about, about, yeah, about, yeah, about about the same time. Uh, yeah, I could do. I can do about an hour. Yeah, on that's Thursday. Right, yeah. I'll be literally be an hour. Cause I've got to go on DM's podcast on 
Eastern or afterwards, so that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's no problem then. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah. And then what about Friday? How are you feeling for that? Have you got company? I can't on Friday. Yeah, I've got someone. I've got uh, guests coming over on Friday, so yeah, I'll obviously I don't want to assume and obviously, yeah, yeah, and all that sort of thing. Oh dear, but yeah, obviously, if anyone else, everyone else in the chat, Bus, Gary, Tracy, uh, Stephen, and everyone else that's popped up in the chat throughout the night, thank you very much. Obviously, appreciate all your comments you put in there as well. Thank you. Interaction with us guys as well, and vice versa. Um, as I said, I don't know about tomorrow about content. What any content was, I'm not sure yet. It might be a day off because I'm going to need it. Because literally, as I said, back Thursday for a preview, an hour's preview, then over on Neon's channel for doing. Uh, appearance on his channel, then doing the watch on the Friday, then doing the match of the day stuff on Saturday and Sunday, and then oh yeah, and, I'm, and then obviously on Saturday as well, along with the match of the day one, I've got to do a review podcast for the video game as well. So that's be fun. Uh, well, hopefully, it will be we win, but you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's gonna be busy, busy, busy. If you need to, if you've enjoyed what we've done, do do obviously stay subscribed and do share the link to the. To what we've done tonight, this, uh, this stream and share it around all your media, social media platforms and all that jazz, and just help promote the promote promote because the more you guys do that, it helps. It does beat the algorithm on YouTube, and they do promote it themselves, and it helps the channel even more. And yeah, as I said, we enjoy the rest of your evening, guys. Obviously, if you're watching Champions League football, enjoy that. As we're going to watch it, be watching it for an Arsenal perspective for a while, by the looks of it, and. Um, yeah, I'll see you on Thursday at least. On Thursday, Thursday half six. That's the Villa game. We've obviously Andrew got Keith coming on as well. And Greengrass will be back for that one. Don't worry. Oh, great. He was no, he recently wasn't here tonight. It's obviously um gone to the cinema of his other half. Oh double seven. That's nice. I bet he's gone to watch Gone with the Wind or something really nice and romantic. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> But yeah, until then, guys, enjoy the rest of the evening. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. Always love Arsenal. That's the main thing.